0: Cantos forty three to forty five of Book Three of the Ramayana of Palmiki Translated by Ralph T. H. Griffith This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by O. One Two Three. Canto forty three. The Wondrous Dear. She stopped, her hands with flowers to feel. But gazed upon the marvel's steel, Gazed on its back and sparkling side, where silver hues with golden white. Joyous was she of faultless mould, With glossy skin like polished gold, And loudly to her husband cried, And bow-armed Lakshman by his side. Again again she called in glee, O oh, come, this glorious creature, see, Quick, quick, my lord, tis steer to veal, And bring thy brother Lakshman too. As to the wood her clear tones rang, Swift to her side the brother sprang. With eager eyes the grove they scanned, And saw the deer before them stand. But doubt was strong in Lakshman's breast, Who thus his thought and fear expressed. Stay. For the wondrous deer we see the fiend Marika's self may be. Ere now have kings who sought this place to take their pastime in the chase met from his wicked art defeat and fallen slain by like deceit. He wears, well trained in magic guile, the figure of a deer a while, bright as the very sun or place where dwell the gay Gandharva race. No, dear, O Rama, ever was seen, Thus decked with gold and jewels she It is magic, for the world has never Lord of the world shown art so fair. But Sita, of the lovely smile, A captive to the giant's wile, Turned Lakshman's prudent speech aside, And thus, with eager words, replied, My honoured lord, this dear I see, with beauty rare and raptures me, Go, chief of mighty arm, and bring, For my delight, this precious thing. Fair creatures of the woodland roam, Untroubled, near our harmed home. The forest cow and stag are there, The fawn, the monkey, and the bear, Where spotted deer delight to play, And strong and beauteous kinder stray. But never, as they wandered by, has such a beauty charmed mine eye as tis with limbs so fair and slight so gentle beautiful and bright oh see how fair it is to view with jewels of each varied hue bright as the rising moon it glows lighting the wood wherever it goes ah me what form and grace are there its limbs how fine its hues how fair transcending all that words express it takes my soul with loveliness oh if thou would to please me strive to take the beauteous thing alive how thou wouldst gaze with wondering eyes delighted on the lovely prize and when our woodland life is over and we enjoy our realm once more the wondrous animal will grace the chambers of my dwelling place and the dear treasure will it be to wear and the queens and me and all with rapture and a mage upon its heavenly form will gaze but if the beauteous deer pursued thine out to take it still elude strike it o chieftain, and the skin will be a treasure laid within oh how i long my time to pass striking upon the tender grass with that soft fell beneath me spread, bright with its hair of golden thread. This strong desire, this eager will, fits a gentle lady ill, but when I first beheld its look, my breast with fascination took. See, golden hair its flank adorns, and sapphires tip its branching horns, resplendent as, as the lune away, or the first blush of opening day. With graceful form and radiant hue, It charmed thy heart, O chieftain, too. He heard her speech with willing ear, He looked again upon the deer, Its lovely shape his breast beguiled, Moved by the prayer of Janak's child, And yielding for her pleasure's sake, To Lakshman Rama taunt and spake. Mark, Lakshman, mark, how Sita's breast, with eager longing is purchased. To-day this deer of wondrous breed must for his passing beauty bleed. Brighter than ever in London's trade, or Chitrarat's heavenly shade. How should the groves of art purchase such all-surpassing loveliness? The hair lies smooth and bright and fine, or waves upon each carving line, and draughts of living gold bedeck. The beauty of his side and neck. Oh, look! His crimson tongue between his teeth like flaming fire is seen, Flashing, whenever his lips he parts, As from a cloud the lightning darts. Oh, see his sun-like forehead shine With emerald tints and almondine, While pearly light and roseate glow Of shells adorn his neck below. No eye on such a deer can rest, But soft enchantment takes the breast. No man so fair a thing behold, Ablaze with light of radiant gold, Celestial, bright with jewel sheen, No marvel what his eyes have seen. A king equipped with bow and shaft, Delights in gentle forest craft, And as in boundless woods he strays, the Quarry for the vanishing slays, there, as he wanders with his strain, a store of wealth he oft may gain, he claims by right the precious ore he claims the jewel's sparkling store, such gains are dearer in his eyes than wealth that is in chamber lies the dearest things his spirit knows, dear as the bliss which Sucre chose. But of THE rich expected gain, WHICH heedless man pursue in vain? The sage who prudent counsels know, explain and in a moment show. This best of deer, this gem of all, to yield his precious spoil must fall, and tender cedar by my side shall sit upon the golden height. Never could I find so rich a coat, on spotted deer, or SHIP, or goat. No buck or antelope has such, so bright to view, so soft to touch. This radiant deer and one on high, that moves in glory through the sky, alike in heavenly beauty are, one on the art and one a star. But brother, if thy fears be true, and this bright creature that we view, be fierce Maricha in disguise. Then, by this hand, he surely dies for the dire fiend whose pawns control with bloody hand and cruel soul has roamed this forest and dismayed the holiest saints who haunt the shade, great archers sprung of royal race, pursuing in the wood the chase, have fallen by his wicked art, and now my shaft shall strike his heart. Patapi by his magic power made heedless saints his flesh devour, then from within the frames he rent, fought bursting from imprisonment. But once his art in senseless pride upon the mightiest saint he tried, Augustus' self, and caused him taste the baited meal before him placed. Patapi, when the ride was over, would take the giant form he wore, But St. Agastya knew his wile And checked the giant with smile. Batapi, thou with cruel spite, Hast conquered many an anchorite, The noblest of the Brahman caste, And now thy ruin comes at last. Now if my power he thus defies, This giant, like Batapi, dies, Daring to scorn a man like me, A self-subduing devotee, Yea, as Augustus slew the foe, My hand shall lay Maricha low. Clad in thine arms, thy bow in hand, To guard the mighty lady stand. With watchful eye and thoughtful breast, Keeping each word of my behest, I go and hunting through the brake, This wondrous deer will bring or take. Yes, surely I will bring the spoil, Returning from my hunter's toil. See, Lakshman, how my concert's eyes Are longing for the lovely prize. This day it falls that I may win The treasure of so fair a skin. Do thou and Sita watch with care, Lest danger seize you are never. Swift from my bow one shaft will fly, The stricken deer will fall and die, Then quickly will I strip the game And bring the trophy to my dame. Chatayos, guardian good and wise our old and faithful friend the best and strongest bird that flies his willing aid will lend the mighty lady will protect for every chance provide and in thy tender care suspect a foe on every side canto 44 marichostad does Having warned his brother bold, He grasped his sword with haft of gold, And bow with triple flexure bent, His own delight and ornament, Then bound two quivers to his side, And hurried forth with eager stride. Soon as the Antillean monarch saw The lord of monarchs near him draw, A while with trembling heart he fled, Then turned and showed his stately head with sword and bow the chief pursued wherever the fleeing deer he viewed, sending from dull and lone recess the splendour of his loveliness now full in view the creature stood now vanished in the depth of wood now running with languid flight now like a meteor lost to sight with trembling limbs away he sped then like the moon with clouds overspread gleamed for a moment bright between the trees, and was again unseen. Thus in the magic deer's disguise, Marichal lured him to the prize, and seen a while then lost to view, far from his cart the hero drew. Still by the flying game deceived, the hunter's heart was wrought and grieved, and, wearied with fruitless change, he stayed him in a shady. Place. Again the rover of the night, And raised the chieftain full in sight, Slow-moving in the coppice ninja Surrounded by the woodland deer. Again the hunter sought the game, That seemed a while to caught his aim, But seized again with sudden dread, Beyond his sight the creature fled. Again the hero left the shade, Again the deer before him strayed, With surer hope and stronger will, The hunter longed his prey to kill. Then, as his soul impatient grew, An arrow from his side he drew, Resplendent at the sunbeam's glow, The crusher of the smitten foe. With skilful heed the mighty lord, Fixed well-shaft and strained the cord, Upon the deer his eyes he bent, And like a fiery serpent went, The arrow, Brahma's self had framed, alive with sparks that hissed and flamed, like Indra's flashing leaven True, to the false deer, the missile flew, cleaving his flesh. That wondrous dart stood quivering in Maricha's heart. Scars from the ground. One foot he sprang, then stricken, fell with a deadly pang, half lifeless as he pressed the ground. He gave a roar of awful sound, And ere the wounded giant died, He threw his borrowed form aside, Remembering still his lord's behest, He pondered in his heart how best Sita's might send her guard away, And Ravan seized the helpless prey. The monster knew the time was nigh, And called aloud with eager cry, Ho Sita Lakshman! and the tone, he borrowed was like Rama's own. So by that matchless arrow cleft, the deus bright form Maricha left, resumed his giant shape and size, and closed in death his languid eyes. When Rama saw his awful foe, gasp smeared with blood in deadly trow, his anxious thoughts to see sped, and are wise words that Lakshman said. That this was false Maricha's art returned again upon his heart. He knew the foe he triumphed over, the name of great Maricha bore. The fiend he pondered, ere he died, O Lakshman, O my Sita, cried. Ah, if that cry has reached her ear, how dire must be my darling's fear. And Lakshman of the mighty arm, what thinks he in his wild alarm? As thus he thought in sad surmise, Its startled hair began to rise, And when he saw the giant slain, And thought upon that cry again, His spirit sank, and terror pressed, Full sorely on the hero's breast. Another deer he chased and struck, He bore away the fallen buck, To turned then turned his face, And hastened to his dwelling-place. CANTO 45 LAKSHMAN'S DEPARTURE But Sita, hearing as she taught, Her husband's cry with anguish fraught, Called to her guardian, Lakshman, run, And in the wood seek Rahu's son. Scarce can my heart retain its throne, Scarce can my life be called mine own, As all my powers and senses fail. At that long, loud, and bitter wail. Haste to the wood, with all thy speed, And save thy brother in his need. Go, save him in the distant glade, Where loud he calls for timely aid. He falls beneath some giant foe, A bull whom lions overthrow. Deaf to her prayer, no step he steered, Obedient to his mother's word, then Janak's child with ire inflamed in words of bitter scorn exclaimed, Sumitra's son, a friend, and show, thou art in truth thy brother's foe. Who canst at such any hour deny thy succour and neglect his cry? Yes, Lakshman, smit with love of me, thy brother's death thou fain wouldst see. This guilty love thy heart has swayed. And makes thy feet so low to aid thou hast no love for Rama, no thy joy is wise, thy thoughts are low, and does unmoved thou yet canst stay while my dear lord is far away, if aught of ill, my lord betide, who led to hear thy chief and guide, oh, what will be my hapless fate left in the wildhood desolate thus spoke the lady sad with fear with many a sigh and many a tear still trembling like a captured doe and lakshman spoke to calm her woe with the hand queen be sure of this and in the thought thy fear dismiss the husband's mightier power defies all gods and angels of the skies gandavas and the sons of light serpents and the rovers of the night I tell thee of the sons of art, Of gods who boast celestial part, Of beasts and birds and giant hosts, Of demigods, Gandalfs, ghosts, Of awful fiends, O oh, thou must fear, There lives not one whose heart would tear To meet thy Rama in the fight, Like Indra's self unmatched in might. Such idle words thou must not say, Thy Rama lives, whom none may slay, i will not, cannot leave thee here in the wildhood till he be near the mightier strength can never withstand his eager force his vigorous hand No, not the triple wall allied with all thy mortal gods beside dismiss thy fear again take heart let all thy doubt and war depart thy lord be sure will soon be here and bring thee back the best of dear not his, not his, that mournful cry, Nor haply came it from the sky. Some giant's art was busy there, And framed a castle based on air. A precious pledge art thou consigned To me by him of noblest mind, Nor can I, fairest dame forsake The pledge which Rama bade me take. Upon our heads a queen drew. The giant's hate when Rama slew, their chieftain in colour, and the shade, Of Janastan in ruin laid. Through all this mighty wood they rove, With varied cries from grove to grove, On rapine-bent they wander here, But, oh, dismiss thy causeless fear. Bright flashed her eye as Lakshman spoke, And fought her words of fury broke, Upon her truthful guardian flung, were to beat a taunts that pierced and stung. Shame on such false compassion, base, the of thy glorious race, it were joyous sight I win to thee, my lord in thy strait to see. Thou know'est RAMA so bested, A word like this thou never hadst said No marvel if we find such sin in rivals false to kit and kin. Wretches like thee of evil mind, counselling crime with crafty mind. Thou wretch, Thine aid will steal the nigh, And leave my lord alone to die. Has love of me unnerved thy hand, of words art this ruin planned? But be the treachery his or thine, In vain, in vain, the base design. For how shall I, the chosen bride, Of dark-hued Rama, lotus-eyed, the queen who once called rama mine to love of other man decline believe me lakshman rama's wife before thine eyes will quit this life and not a moment will she stay if our dear lord have passed away the lady's bitter speech that steered each hair upon his frame he heard with lifted hands together late his calm reply he gently made the words have I to answer now my deity or queen are thou but it is no marvel dame to find such lack of sense in all mankind throughout this world o oh, metal dame weak women's hearts are still the same inconstant urged by envious spite they see severe friends and hate to write i cannot brook be the hand queen Thy warts intolerably keen, mine ears thy fierce reproaches pain, as boiling water seeds the brain. And now to bear me witness, all oh, the dwellers in the wood I call, that when with words of truth I plead, this harsh reply is all my meed. Ah, war is thine, ah, grief that steal, eager to do my brother's will mourning thy woman's nature, I must see thee doubt my truth and die. I fly to Rama's side, and oh, may bliss attend thee while I go, may all attendant Udgard screen scream thy head from harm, O Love's eyed queen. And oh, though dire omens meet my sight and fill my soul with wild affright, may I return in peace and see the son of Rego safe at thee the child of Janak heard him speak and the hot teardrops down her cheek increasing to a torrent ran and thus once more the dame began O oh, Lakshman, if i widowed be godavari's flood shall cover me or oh, i will die by cold or leap life weary from yon rocky steep or oh, deadly poison will i drink on it the kindle flames will sink but never of rama can consent to touch a meaner man the metal dame with many sighs and torrents pouring from her eyes the faithful lakshman does addressed, and smote her hands upon her breast sumitra's son overwhelmed by fears looked on the large-eyed queen he saw that flood of burning tears he saw that piteous mien he yearned sweet comfort to afford, he strove to soothe her pain, but to the brother of a lord, She spoke no word again. His reverend hands once more he raised, His head he slightly bent, Upon her face he sadly gazed, And then to a drama went. End of Cantus forty-three, forty-four, and forty-five